Shalom Aleichem from the Yiddish Book Center. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm in the studio via phone with Eric Anjou, director of numerous award-winning documentaries, including John Schuler, A Life in Painting, A Cantor's Tale, the much-acclaimed and award-winning Klezmatics on Holy Ground, as well as two feature films with Israeli producer Rani Yaakov. Welcome, Eric. I'm delighted that we're able to catch up with you as you uh, crisscross the country working on your latest film, The Deli Man. Great to speak with you. So when I learned that you were working on a film about deli men, I immediately wanted to know more. Um, so why the deli man? Good question. Well, because I think my, my main goal was to get a really well-fed documentary crew. Now, I, <laughs> I am on the serious level. I um very much interested and invested in as a Jewish filmmaker in terms of those things that kind of make us Jews, not necessarily religiously, but culturally. Um, some, so some previous films have dealt with sacred music and klezmer music, and I started to, in this process, you know, you meet a lot of personalities on the road. I met this really wonderful third-generation deli owner out in Houston, Texas, who's uh, an original East Sider, who started a very successful shop out there, and I started asking questions, well, why does a young, kind of like smart kid invest himself in kind of like Jewish food and Jewish culture, which is kind of contravenes some of the things that, quote-unquote, younger Jews are doing these days. So I became very fascinated with uh, Ziggy Gruber's journey, and then as I started to investigate Ziggy's story, I started learning more about delis. I read David Sachs's book, um, Save the Deli, and I thought this was like a wonderful topic to be, to be investigating vis-a-vis -vis Jewish cultural transmission. Is it a Jewish-American phenomenon? And when did it, how did it begin? I think delis went through very different phases. I mean, first of all, it's not an organic American Jewish food. It was very much a transported and developing tradition. I think the first, according to Jane Sigelman, who wrote a wonderful book, uh, several wonderful books, and she works at the Lower East Side Tenement Museum, I think the first Jewish deli was a German Jewish deli. Uh, uh, started in the 1850s in the Lower East Side. And little by little, you know, as uh, Jews became more um, Americanized, the tradition started to change. Instead of it becoming kind of a more of a local, hands-on, stop-in, grab-a-sandwich shop, I mean, and also had, obviously had a pushcart tradition as well, there weren't necessarily meat sandwiches because it was before, um, you know, refrigeration. Uh, what happened was that uh, as American Jews became more solid economically, the tradition started to shift as well, and delis became sit-down restaurants, and then they became kind of like more, um, I think, wealthier emporiums, you know, where that kind of like eventually the, the six-inch sandwich developed, and you had, you know, places like the Carnegie and the stage uh, taking, you know, taking care of the, tra uh, the, the tradition. So I think it went through a lot of, a lot of different phases um, from the 1850s onward, then into, like, you know, I know this is kind of a long-winded answer, but, you know, as we get into post-World War II America and kind of, um, you know, um, refrigerated kosher meats appearing on supermarket shelves and kind of people moving out to the suburbs, I think what became known as the deli uh, started to kind of drift away a little bit. Um, now there's been kind of a reclamation of the, of, of the tradition. You know, there's certainly some of the longer-standing, you know, quote-unquote traditional delis, both kosher and kosher style. But in addition to that, there's been kind of like a revivification of the tradition vis-a-vis -vis some more of the um, boutique-oriented, Jewish deli-oriented, um, you know, uh, venues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're jumping ahead to a couple of questions I have. One about the origins. We Maybe we can address this now. 
What's the deal with the large sandwiches? <laughs> I just think, well, we like to eat, right? We're Jews. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we come from a tradition, even though I think as Jews became more well-off economically, there's still this kind of thing is kind of uh, eat while you can because we're a culture and a, a people in transition and in migration. So I think, you know, part of it became the need to see a lot of food in front of you, and then part of it became, you know, the good old American um, competitive economic tradition is that, you know, these guys down like Carnegie, I think it was Max Asnes, that developed kind of these this certain kind of showmanship and big sandwich, and people started talking, hey, I just had this kind of sandwich, blah, blah, blah. You've never seen anything like it in your life before. And it became uh, an competitive item that, you know, people had to outdo if, if, if the stage was kind of offering a certain kind of sandwich and Katz's had to compete and the stage had to compete, so it became that kind of game and ship. Katz's and the stage are all part of my childhood being um, an East Coast Metro New York kid. I was surprised to learn that you um, include in the film a deli in Houston. Is it is it the fact that there are delis all across the country, and I'm just being an East Coaster thinking that's not the case? Well, as uh, the wonderful you know author David Sachs says, New York is the Jerusalem of delis, and certainly as kind of you know um, proud New Yorkers, we like to think that the uh, you know tradition started and ended here, but the fact is is that wherever Jews went, the food followed. So there's fantastic delis in Detroit. There were fantastic delis in, in Miami or Florida that's kind of dying out some more. There's an amazing tradition of wonderful delis out in Los Angeles. Um, the Houston aspect came about it because I felt like, as wonderful as David Sachs' book is, a book is a book and a movie is a movie. And um, I didn't want to do a Ken Burns-esque type of uh, investigation of documentaries across the board. I wanted to concentrate on a couple of different people whose stories that I felt compelling. So Ziggy and the whole Houston, I mean, Ziggy is a New Yorker that had a business opportunity in Houston, and um, he's seized upon that opportunity magnificently. I would say that Kenny and Ziggy's is arguably the finest delicatessen in the country. Um, Ziggy is a kid that came from the tradition. He's a third-generation deli operator. His grandfather owned a place uh, called the Rialto that was on 48th and Broadway, right next to the Brill Building. And, you know, Ziggy went through this wrestling match where, you know, he's decided, well, where do I fit into this Jewish and, and delicatessen tradition? He was actually trained as a, as a you know, four- or five-star chef in Europe. And he came back to America after that experience, and he found that, you know, he didn't want to be part of the fancy restaurant tradition. He wanted to kind of return to his roots. So, again, long-winded answer. I apologize. But, you know, Houston is definitely a part of the deli scene because of Ziggy's expertise and, 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 and kind of business acumen. And I think his deli stack up into against any of the, deli, the finest delicatessens, you know, New York, Los Angeles, anywhere. Do you think that there is a definition or do you have a criteria when you are – you know, crisscrossing the country looking for these subjects? No. I mean, I think, look, if, if you're if you're writing a book about a certain subject, that you know the things that are kind of most germane to that topic, and, and, and to kind of, like, miss those story points would be a, defi- defi- a deficiency for you as an artist. So there's certain things, like, in the deli word, world that you have to cover. You know, if you're making a film about delis, you got to deal with Carnegie. you got you got to deal with Second Avenue Deli. You have to deal with Katza. So there's certain kind of, like, tentpole delicatessens. But beyond that, um, 
is is the idea of kind of again tradition. How where do these deli owner operators come from? Why do they do what they do against you know certain changing cultural modes and certain like hugely onerous economic costs? I mean, deli business is not something you would choose to go into nowadays if you want to make money. So why are these stores still around? You know, why are they surviving? Or according to, to David Sachs, not surviving in certain instances because you know there has been you know, white Jewish flight from the cities. You know, these old kind of like standard neighborhoods are no longer. So what are the things at stake as tradition is changing? And you're still trying to draw kind of clientele and new Jews into that changing tradition. So, um, you know, I needed to find people um, on my journey that were going to communicate those challenges um, and those triumphs as we go along. And so certain people became natural to carry that story, Ziggy, you know, first and foremost amongst them. And what's the most unlikely place you've found a true deli? Would that be Ziggy's? Um, I'm not sure. I don't have that answer yet. Because mm-hmm. we're not, again, it's not an encyclopedic uh, mm-hmm. kind of like migration to every deli. It's kind of like finding delis, for me, that have the most compelling stories to tell. I mean, I was just at a place yesterday. You know, we visited two amazing delicatessens yesterday. One of them, the owner-operator is a guy named Jay Parco. I'm sorry, Jay Parker, and it's Ben's Best in Regal Park, Queens. I mean, again, this deli, we had pastrami sandwiches there yesterday that will just kind of, like, knock your socks off. It's some of the best food that I've ever had anywhere in the deli world. And, you know, Rigo Park, Queens isn't necessarily on everyone's quotidian day-to-day map. I mean, but that's a place where maybe you wouldn't expect an amazing small deli to be thriving, but it is. Uh, in the afternoon, we visited a place, Hobbies, um, in, in Newark, New Jersey, you know, Newark, New Jersey has suffered a couple economic knocks over the years, and again, it's not a place that you considered you would consider to find traditional Jewish food, and yet this place is thriving, and the food is is amazing. And the proprietor, the guy that basically has taken over the shop, is Samuel uh, Brummer, who is a Polish emigre, um, arrived here in 1939 from Poland, 16 year old um, from his family. He ended up going back overseas to fight in the war. He won a bronze star on the beaches of, of I, I believe it was Omaha, and he returned to Newark to open up, uh, you know, a shop that has survived again against you know a brutal economic tide there over the last 25 years. So, kind of again, sorry, long-winded answer to your question. No, these are great and answers. <laughs> they're these little gems, you know, that are thriving and surviving across the board. And, you know, you always, uh, you know, it's, it's wonderful to be surprised. What do you think the future is? I know that there's so much in the news about, you know, Delhi's sort of evolving to become more upscale, almost bistro-like um, evolutions of what worked um, into morphing into sandwiches that don't necessarily, in my book, really relate to the deli experience. Do you think that we're going to be able to save the deli? Absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the things, in addition to some of, like, the deli operators and owners we've spoken with, we've spoken with a number of, like, you know, wonderful celebrities from Larry King to Jerry Stiller to Alan Dershowitz to Fiverr Finkel. And the feeling is, and it's a quote-unquote older feeling, but it's a feeling that I ascribe to, is that if people want good food and if people want neighborhood and if people want tradition and if people want excellence, then there's always going to be a place for the old-fashioned traditional deli in the world. I mean, Delis are up against some of the same factors that all other businesses are up against. And I think especially this is something that I'm sensitive to is kind of like this changing 
modal nature of what it means to be Jewish in America and how you connect with your traditions. The thing is about this great deli food is that, in essence, it's a relatively kind of like simple food. It's kind of, you know, it's corned beef, it's pastrami, it's delaka, it's these things that are kind of like passed on. And the thing that makes these kind of traditions wonderful and quote-unquote simple is that, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So this food is fantastic, it's delicious, and I think this is my politically incorrect you know, position that, you know, there's some wonderful places that are opening up and that are challenging or trying to kind of like bend or rewrite the tradition. So you get on the high end of stuff, you have, you know, you know, the new kutchers down on the on mm-hmm. Tribeca. Or you have Mile End. I mean, what these guys at Mile End are doing are fantastic, but they're not traditional delis, and it's a very specific kind of like menu list. And they're not going to change um, what's already great about delicatessens. So what you need to do is kind of like be competitive in terms of your price point. You have to keep making great food, which people like Ziggy and Jay Parker are doing. And you have to kind of like you, we are across the board as Jews, you have to keep waking people up about what it means to be kind of like a cool, informed, you know, fun Jewish person. And part of that is reminding yourself of, you know, the great things about the tradition don't need to be changed. They're fine the way they are. So get off your butt, go into a deli, you know, have a great pastrami sandwich. And if you need to go to the gym that night, you know, spend an hour on the treadmill. That's not going to kill you either. Here, here. Because if you can't go back to your grandmother's kitchen, you should go to a deli. You got to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There is something so familiar about it. Um, and yeah, you can walk 12 blocks or a little bit more than 12 blocks to work it off. Um, question, did you have a neighborhood deli growing up? Was this something that figured into your childhood? I am a modern, rediscovered Jew. I grew up in the suburbs. I was at a conservative shul. I loved my parents. They're great, but I was a completely disconnected, cultural, religious bar mitzvah. I couldn't get away from the tradition, you know, fast enough. Things happened in life that drew me back, thank God. Um, I wasn't necessarily a deli maven. And again, you know, um, I'm an ex-athlete. You know, you got to be careful about what you put in your body. You can't have a pastrami sandwich every day. But, you know, once or twice a week is great. And if you're going to the gym four or five times a week, then your your balance is going to end up intact. But, no, I mean, delis per se weren't a part of my own personal, cultural, you know, growing up culinary tradition. Do you have a favorite item at the deli? I just think pastrami sandwich. You just can't beat it. It's kind of like a it's Jewish crack. At a certain point, you just kind of like you have this hankering for it, and you can't get away. And so, I mean, part of the fun thing about being a part of this film is that you go into all these shops, and everyone wants to show off, and it's a competitive business, and everyone thinks they have the best pastrami in town. And, um, you know, a lot of them, I mean, I think it's like a five- or six-way tie right now, as far as I'm concerned. And where are you off to next? Good question. Um, we had... Um, Two possibilities. One is to interview um, Freddie Roman, you know, the wonderful celebrity comedian. Um, we were supposed to interview him yesterday due to uh, changing schedules. That had to be kind of like fixed. So that's one place we want to go to. We need to go back to Kenny and Ziggy's in Houston. Um, we have some final photography to do there. One place we're really intent on visiting. Um, it hasn't happened yet because you know we're an independent project and we raise money along the way. We will need to go up to Toronto. In Toronto, we're going to be interviewing, of course, the wonderful David Sachs. We're going to be interviewing Michael Wex. And we're also going to be visiting a place up there called uh, Kaplansky's. Kaplansky's is a really interesting deli because it's one of these new, quote-unquote, delis that's surviving because it's been able, through uh, both the excellence of the food 
and also the excellence of its Jewish outreach. It's kind of like bringing young Jews back into the deli and making it cool to be in the deli again. Again, food, number one, but number two, they're doing a thing that's kind of like co-run by Michael and Marilla Wax, kind of a, a Yiddish storytelling night, where people come, it's open form, they tell stories about connecting with their past and with Yiddishkeit, and that, of course, you know, with, with food in the background. So uh, I think they're doing some wonderful things up there in Toronto, and part of the film is, is that, you know, we want to definitely acknowledge David Sachs's research and the fact that, you know, there were, say, in the mid-1930s, 2,000 kosher Jewish delis in the five boroughs of New York. Now there's 15 or 16. You can't fight the numbers, right? So mm-hmm. the business isn't in the same shape that it used to be, but there are really kind of like cool, bright, shining lights out there on the horizon and things to make people enthusiastic about Jewish food and, and, and going back to the deli and, and having a great meal and family and social experience. It's an amazing project, Eric, and you know, based on your other documentaries, I'm sure it's going to be a an incredible film to watch. Um, I'm wondering two things. One, can we check in with you again soon? I would love to keep you guys abreast of our project, uh, of our pro- uh, progress. Absolutely, that'd be fun to speak with you again. And the other question I have is for our listeners: Is there a website or a place that they can check in and learn about the project and see where you're at with it or help in any way? I think you were on Kickstart. Yes, I don't know. We are going to be on Kickstarter eventually. I mean, that's a whole different conversation because definitely we, we need to raise a, a hunk of money. This is a professional project. It's a low-to-the-ground project because it is an independent one. But um, it becomes a question economically of when the best point to exploit Kickstarter um, is. So that's a decision that has yet to be made. Um, in terms of getting more, there's a trailer or a sizzle reel that was just put up online this week. I don't have the link for you right now, but you can see it at the Deli Man sizzle reel. Um, it is available on, on Vimeo, and it's also on, on David Sachs's Save the Deli um, you know, Facebook page. So people that want immediate access to it can get it vis-a-vis Vimeo or the Save the Deli page. Um, well, I can't wait to speak with you again. And... Um... Thank you for joining us today and taking the time to stop as you're on the trail of the deli man. Thank you, Lisa. And a reminder to everyone, go out to a deli, you know, have a great pastrami sandwich, and then quickly renew your gym membership. <laughs> Good advice, and we look forward to We hope we can screen this at the Yiddish Book Center sometime in the near I future. Can't w- I can't wait, God willing. You've been listening to a podcast from the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. For additional interviews and conversations, please visit yiddishbookcenter.org slash audio or visit us at iTunes. Our producer is Agnieszka Ilvitska. I'm Lisa Newman. Be strong, be well, and tune in again soon.